Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to KGXT, Gen X Talks podcast live from Central California. You know, it's not like this is your first time doing a podcast. Just could you shut up for five seconds? I know. I'm trying to get Why am I here again? Yet we did a podcast. Okay, so what is this? You yelling at me is now our mic check? Is this the mic check? Okay, fine. Did I yell? Did I raise my voice? No, yelling, it just, it's, you're you're insinuating a yell. I gave you a podcast yesterday. Why am I here again? Because I didn't get the volume right on it. I messed up a little bit, okay? (laughs) It's like this is your first time or something. It is not my first time. So what did you do? I don't know. See, I'm still messing with. It. I don't know. I, I, when I play it back, yesterday's podcast, I can, I can hear both of us clearly, but you're like much louder. I'm, I'm, I have to go through minute by minute, second by second, turn your volume down a little bit, turn mine up a little bit, and that's. And then what about the times when we're both talking? What do I do with those? I don't know. Well, I'm not th- in charge of the podcast. Well, you're asking me a question, so I'm telling you, it's why we're here. We have to do it again. What, the same topic? No, not the same. No. If we're going to do the same topic, why would I be editing the old one? I would just erase it and do the same topic. We're keeping that one in our back pocket if I ever get it to where it's legible. That's all. That's, okay. all, I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Fine. Fine. Whatever. You just, you got to make things uh, so difficult. Just a reminder, after midnight tonight, you can't eat or drink. Why? You have your procedure tomorrow. What is it? Aren't they just sticking a camera down my throat or something? Yeah, but you can't have any food down in your stomach. They're going to go. After midnight? You can't eat after midnight. Yes. Well, okay. I'm not saying I'm a big fan of two in the morning Oreo snacks like I used to be when I was younger, but it seems very restrictive. I don't care. For 12 hours? (laughs) Look, I don't like, I'm not saying I want food. I just don't want to be denied food. I want the right to go get my food. Unbelievable. It's for one day. It's just like fasting when you go to get a blood test. It's and not then that can bad. I, how long do I have to wait after they stick a camera down my throat till I eat? Uh, I think it's like two to three hours. I'm going to have to read all the paperwork today and make sure that you're on board because God knows you won't read the paperwork. No, that's your job. My job. I, I don't remember that being in the marriage, you know. No, well, look, there's, we, we have departments here, okay? We have departments. Yours okay. is like laundry and house cleaning and kitchen. Mine is cars, garage, sprinkler repair, um, solar panels. That's my department. Wow, that sounds very stereotypical. I'm a very stereotypical guy. I can be in the garage. No. I know there's tools out there. I know. I know I, how to use them. You need to stay out of my garage. I gar- can fix a sprinkler. By the way, you need to stay out of my garage. 
Not going to happen. I don't. Okay. You have you and one daughter who knows where everything is in that garage about as well as I do. You know, you and one daughter of ours knows that garage better than two of our sons. Okay. Clearly. And your point is? Stay out of my garage. You shouldn't know it that well. Why, why are you? I give why? you two weeks to fix things. Two weeks. If you don't fix it within two weeks, then I am going to attempt to fix it. Or hire somebody, I found out. YouTube is my daddy. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, tomorrow morning, I know I after gotta, the world show, we're going for your procedure. I don't. Uh, okay. I get why I'm doing this. They're checking, right? There's like, well, I don't have. I still don't know what the. I don't have a disease. Is. I don't have a problem. They're just checking. Well, you do have a problem. We just don't know what the diagnosis. There is a problem. Well, yeah. Okay. I'll go along with that. I, you know, I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm not trying to be an ass. I just want to ask a simple question. I don't want you to get all weirded out and start, start getting all mad at me. I obviously, I'm not dying right at the moment. Right now, I'm fine. Right now, I feel pretty good. I know there's something wrong with me. I know they got to go check. But all the conversations and not just, I've, I've listened to you, I've listened to our kids, I've listened to people write emails and, and fans and followers have had some little input here on my health. What if I decided that I wanted to uh, just let whatever it is run its course and, and I die? Why is that not an option? What me? if it's years from now? What if it's something that will just cause you pain for the next 30 years? Then isn't that my choice? Like get it fixed or not get it fixed? Yeah, that's your choice. If you don't want to, go. Not Don't do it. Right. But what if it was something that was going to like, hey, we can we can do this thing and uh, otherwise you're going to die in six months. Wouldn't that be just my choice? Well, you'd have to talk to me about it. Okay. Now, I'm not being disrespectful, but why? Because we're together. We're partners. We're in this together, life called life, right? A I, marriage. Yeah, I got it. But isn't this like um, you would you? There's a possibility you may come to me and say uh, you're getting this procedure and you're going to be around five more years. What if I'm kind of done? What if? And then I'm even not, that's a discussion. And I'm not saying I feel this way, but what if I'm at a point where I'm like, look, I've done everything I'm going to do. I've traveled every place I want to travel. I have married a, a wonderful woman. I've raised kids. I have a house. I'm kind of done. I don't, I don't need to do this anymore. Why, why can't that be a thing? Well, I guess it could be, but it's still a discussion. Why are you, what discussion of what isn't it? Wouldn't it be more of an information session? Because the way you're acting before was like, there's other people involved in your life. You have to stick around. Well, yeah, you there's family. There's your kids. Don't you take that into an account of the people that it's going to affect well, that, on that journey? Okay. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Like my grandmother, grandma, grandma's, she's up there in Oregon. She's 90. How old is she? 93, 94? 90, no, 96. Okay. And... She's not going anywhere. She can't travel in a car. She can't do much. She just exists every single day waiting to die. Correct. Okay. That's not much of a future. If okay. she decides, hey, look, I'm kind of done with this, you know, why wouldn't it be okay to let, to quit taking the medications that are keeping her going? If she's, if she says, I'm kind of done with my life, why, why would we deny her that? Um, I don't think, 
I think it's a discussion. I'm still going back to it's it's fine. That's what she would like to do. But I guess that's the family being selfish. Now yeah, that I everybody think else it. wants her around. I want her around. I would say, Grandma, take your medicine. I want you here, even if it it bothers her to be I've here. I've been on both sides of that discussion. You have. I have been in situations where I had to discuss that, uh, like when my dad, if I may t- tell this little story. Sure, go ahead. My dad had to have a liver transplant done for the second time. And I remember being in that room with my mom and my dad and myself. It was just the three of us. And the doctor came in and told him he had to have another one. Right. And I sat there and cried. And I, to- I actually told my dad not to do it. I told him no. I said, don't go through it again because I saw what he went through the first time and it was horrible. And I cried and I said, no. And I, and I was in my twenties and my parents dismissed me out of the room and said, this isn't your Decision. decision. You need to leave. I had to leave. So you couldn't even have any input. No. And my mom and dad discussed it. And when I came back in the room, they had decided that my dad was going to have the second one. All right. Well, so so there so you get that part of it. You, yeah. You've been on that part of it. Now what I'm what I'm and I, I keep reiterating. I'm not trying to die. <laughs> I'm not trying to leave you. What I'm saying is that at some point, if I say, okay, look, I'm tired of I'm tired of poking and prodding. I'm tired of testing. I'm tired. When do I get to say that it's my choice? When do I get to look at you and the rest of the family and say, I'm done. I've done everything I want to do. I'm through with it all. I've, I'm, I've had it. I just don't want to take the medication. I don't want any more poking and prodding. I don't want to know what's wrong with me. When do I get to say that? It's almost like everybody in the family, and you haven't said this directly, but the kids have said this directly, and they've said things like, well, it's almost like they say you're not old enough. If I say I've done everything in life, I don't want to go through any more poking and prodding, I'm done. They're like, well, you're only 55. You can't say that yet. Mm-hmm. It's like it's acceptable if you're 90, but if I'm 55, all of you kind of have the attitude of like, well, you're only 55, so your opinion on this matter doesn't count anymore. You can't, say, you can't just throw your hands up and say you're done. You're too young. Why? why? Why does it feel that way that there's a thing you guys are pushing on me or on anyone because of age? Uh, it just, gosh, I'm struggling with this because I think there's a lot of what ifs and what have yous. And if it's a terminal illness, oh, I don't know. I, it's tough. Well, it's obviously, really tough. if I like, was going to be in pain, you'd let me go. If I, because if I'm going to be hurting, you'd say, look, if you want to go, you're in pain every day, go. But we're not talking about that. It's not a painful thing. And you're telling me all of these things should be a discussion, a discussion, a discussion. But if I was 90, you really wouldn't care about a discussion. If I was 90, you would say, all right, we don't need to discuss this. I'm not swaying your opinion. Go do what you want. Why? Because I'm 90? Because you've lived a full life, the fullest life that you could possibly. And what if I feel like I've lived a full life right now and I'm not trying to die? No, and I've been, I have personally been there. Well, you've been on the other. Yeah. I was diagnosed with cancer and given three months to live. Three months. Yep. And I sat there and I thought about it and went, well, if 45 years is all I get, then okay. And, and did I, I accepted sit, it. And did I sit with you and tell you I wanted a discussion? I looked at you. The doctor looked at you and you said, what do we do? You took about eight seconds. And you said, <laughs> yes. what do we do to fix this? 
I'm in. And I wasn't ready to go. You were right. But I. But let me flip. Let me go talk ahead. about that. All right. So I went through what I went through and fought and survived. Now, if I was to get cancer again and was given that diagnosis, I would seriously have to consider if I was going to go through treatment or not. I know you say that. And I know you think that because you're still in a lot of pain these days. I know. I, I watch you go through it. I know you say that like, oh, I don't know if I could do that again, but I know you and you would start fighting the day that instinctively you would start fighting. I don't know if how long you'd stick with it, but your instincts are just to live. I, I don't have that. I'm just saying. I don't know the second time around if I would do it. I didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> this is a tough subject. I know, but, but, but I'm not dying and neither are you. I'm just, we're just talking. I did not mean to upset you. I'm not going to make you cry. I'm just bringing it up as a topic of, of why, you know, people push me, you push me, and the kids push me, get checked, get this and get that, and I'm doing it. I'm going. But what I'm asking is, when does it become my choice when I say I've lived enough? You're 50- I guess when you're ready. I guess when, when you've just had enough. That's kind of how I feel. It's like... How when you go through cancer survival, it's torture. It's downright torture. Do I want to put myself through torture again? No, not really. That okay. is not And and I would understand that. I do get that. I would never push you to stick around selfishly because of that. And I I guess what I'm saying is that I wouldn't want you guys to do it to me. But every one of you does it to me already and we don't even know what's wrong with me yet. And you guys are already, get your test, let's get the thing, let's get the stuff. Because let's get- I guess we don't think, because it's not terminal. It's not, it's something that can be fixed. It's something that a lot of people possibly have in the world and that this could be fixed and you could live so much longer. This isn't terminal. If it was a terminal thing, I think that would be a different Different discussion. View, different discussion. Well, I'm, I'm going you know that I just don't like doctors. I don't like... Who does? I don't like getting poked. I don't like getting prodded. Amen, brother. I'm right there with you. And then you and the doctors all look at me in the room and go, look, we have to do these things or you you could have something going on that kills you. And every time I look back at you guys, it goes, so what? <laughs> I don't care. And then you, you know, you come along with your wife card and you make me do the thing and I do the thing. I just, I, I know I throw a little tantrum while I do it, but I do what you want every time. All I'm saying is that at some point there, and I didn't feel this way years ago. Remember Dr. Kevorkian? Remember yeah. that name? Yeah. And that was a, he, he invented that suicide machine where you could self-suicide and that was a big controversial thing that people could self-suicide with his machine and him sitting there. I don't know how many people are going to remember Dr. Kevorkian, but that was a big deal when we were growing up. Anyway, Oregon passed a suicide law and I was 100% against it. And I'll tell you why. They were saying, no, if you're, if you're on a terminal, if you have a terminal illness or you're really old or you're just, you can end your life. Here's the machine. Do your thing. It's up to you. We're okay with that. I was 100% against it. Now, like I look at my grandmother, who's miserable every day. She's 90, you said 96. She, has, she can barely feed herself. 
She has no life, no existence. She's never going anywhere. She almost can't look out her window because the sun's too bright and it hurts her eyes. If she said, I'd like to go now, I would be all for her going now. I wouldn't want someone stopping me now. I'm so contradictory about this. I'm flip, I flip flop all the time on this thing because of my religious beliefs. I mean, right. I believe that we shouldn't play God. Agreed. So who are we to decide when we're allowed, we're, we leave this planet? That's my struggle. It's like there, I believe we're here for a reason and I'm here for a reason. It wasn't my time to go. No. Because with my faith, the Lord said, no, he just needed me to go through this struggle, this challenge. And I got through it and I came out a better person on the other side with other things that I have to deal with. Right. But even at 90, are we allowed to play God? Well, now that's the, okay. The religious, See, that's, that's, I got it. Struggle. And let's let, these are easy points to discuss. Number one, they came out with the law. I was 100% against it. Now I'm kind of leaning towards it in, in certain situations. Then you bring along the religious aspect. So that's point number three. I got point number four. The main reason I hated that law, that rule is still strong with me. I don't want people manipulating people into dying, Yeah, which they do. There are sons that talk their dads into dying to get their inheritance. Dad, you're really miserable. Your life sucks. Yeah, that's you so should evil. just you should just click the button, Dad, and it'll all be over now. And if you hear people saying that enough, you start to go along with it. There have been people, families, that have talked people into the Kevorkian suicide button. Now, I'm not saying they lied to them and they were like, Oh, you weren't even really sick. Ha ha, we tricked you into dying. No. I'm I'm assuming that all of these things, I didn't look into each case, but I'm assuming they were really sick and they were really in pain. But some of these people were like you. <laughs> They're like, I'm not going yet. And families were saying, you should just go. This is hard on all of us. Do you realize what it takes to take care of you and how miserable you are? And they have talked people into the Kevorkian button and, and allowed to. Do you think that's also a cultural thing? Like, I think in... In different parts of the country, you know, with the culture that you have, you take care of your elders. Yes. That's how it's supposed to be. Right. But I feel like the American culture is to put your aged parents into a home. And sometimes I get it. I don't want to offend anybody no, and say that you know, you. there's, there's yeah. situations where you can't take care of them. I get it. And those people that take care of elder people are exceptional beyond so words. cultural or generational like we used to be but we're not anymore i think it's both i think it's cultural there's a lot of um cultures that take care of their and they respect their elders till the day they die sure they take care of them they move them in that's what they do no matter if it's a hardship or whatever then you've get some that are very selfish and you know push yeah. them out into well, a home or whatever. So man, maybe just, I could, maybe I could add two caveats to this and then you can reevaluate your question. Um, I agree with you that there, there's different, uh, maybe not cultures, maybe j just talking about America. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, how they do stuff in Zimbabwe. Cause I don't know, but 
in American uh, culture or American generations, a long time, there are two things that come to mind, and I'm just throwing these out there because you you brought it up. I really haven't thought too deeply, but the two the two things that hit me right now is one, um, people didn't move very far away from their families before. In the 20s and 30s and the 40s, how far away did you move from your family? It was very rare for a member of your family to go, I'm moving to New York that's from true. Los Angeles. Yeah, that's true. So you kind of, most in most cases, you always had family nearby. Always had cousins and aunts and uncles and, and kids like, well, grandpa's really old and sick. What do we do here? Well, we got family close by. Everybody lives within 100 miles. We well, can do I, this. I grew up in that situation. My grandmother, before she passed away, lived with us. Um, my grandfather lived with us, but my grandfather also got to the point he had to go to a convalescent home. So right. I've, I've, right. I've experienced all that stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Well, the other part of that is that, that in leaving, there's two things is that back then women did not often have jobs. That's true. Now they have jobs. Most, a lot of women have jobs. They have careers and a lot of men and women move away for work because we have airplanes and we can fly places and we're not afraid to move to other cities. We were a long time ago. You stayed pretty close to home. So from the thirties, the forties and the fifties, taking care of old people wasn't a huge issue. You, your family did it. It's just done. But now if there's sons and daughters that, that lived in grew up in Los Angeles, maybe they work in New York, they work in Miami, they work in Houston. That's where their family is. How do you drop everything and come home yeah. Or bring the person who's not doing well to you. It's it's a like you said culturally, it's a it's a different bag right now because of where we are. Didn't used to those choices were pretty simple in the forties and fifties. Not so much when everybody's spread out. Agree. So and 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 back to what I'm saying is that uh, even just the discussion of this, and I'm not dying that we know of. <laughs> I know. You were crying over the whole, the package, the whole conversation. And we haven't even had, this wasn't even a conversation yet. No, it's not. It was just me remembering everything that I've been through. Sure. Well, I'm just, and I don't mean to diminish the the podcast here. You know, I'm trying to get to the root of it all, but the, the thing I'm talking about. It's a about, tough decision. It is. And all I'm saying, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't, if you came to me, quietly in our bedroom after I was diagnosed with whatever and said, I need you to stick around, then I'd probably fight like Superman to stay here. See, and that's like the, the situation I was in with my mom and dad. Now I respect it yeah. because I don't want my kids to make that decision. It's you and I. Right. And I, if and I, we're ma it's between us two. We're I, the ones living the life now. Yeah. The, like you just said, the kids have moved away. They've started their life. This is between you and I. Now I get it. And but I'm in with my twenties when I was with my mom and dad. Yeah. No, I thought I had a say. <laughs> well, and, and like I said, I, I, I'm not saying that I would confront you on it and go, sorry, your views don't count. What I'm asking because of the pressure that everyone seems to, you just said at 20 years old, you thought you had a voice. Guess who else thinks they have a voice right now? Um. Our two daughters that live at home with us again, uh, Gen Z kid, every one of the, and, and people, other, other, other children and fans, followers, subscribers have written emails going, Hey, whatever you do, choose life, choose to stick it out. Now I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying that after you get 35 emails, you're going, okay, dude, what if I don't want to? And maybe that's just the Generation X and me being a little bit cocky and defiant for the sake of argument. But it is a real discussion. 
what if if someone's 90 and they say, I don't want to do this? No, there's not much of a discussion. Everybody seems to be able to go along with it. Now, ah, okay, fine. But if I'm 55 and say, yeah, I'm done with this. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, all of a sudden, you guys are mad. Well, I have a flip side <laughs> question. Isn't that, wouldn't that be considered suicide then? Okay, is it? <laughs> all of a sudden, that popped into my head. If, if you're if, choosing at a younger age to check out of this world... Well, and I'm not dying. I'm not shooting myself. I'm just, if God... You're still taking your life. Am I? If God gives me a disease, am I taking my life? Yeah, because you don't know how it's going to come out. So we'll play it out. Let's just see what the disease does. If I let the disease take its course and I die, no one's going to be mad at me. God did it. You're saying take its course without any medical intervention. Right. And now you're going to say, if I don't take medical intervention that could clearly save my life... It's still suicide. I just threw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, when you don't tell someone some information, that is a lie of omission. And you can say, you didn't, I didn't lie. I didn't lie to you. Yeah, you lied because you left out some stuff you could have told me. That's a lie of omission. If I don't take medicine or a medical procedure that could save my life, does it fall into that same category? You killed yourself because you very easily could have prevented this and you didn't do it. That's just like saying I'm standing on the freeway in traffic and a car hits me. Did I jump in front of the car? No, but you could have got out of the way. Yeah. Is that suicide? Cause you did not get out of the way of the car. Well, you're an idiot for being on the freeway <laughs> for the first place. So. Well, all I'm saying, and, and this is a, this is a roundabout way of going through this is that, I do agree. In in reality, I do agree there should be a discussion when someone has to choose um, some sort of treatment with some sort of diagnosis. There is a discussion if you're married. Well, speaking of discussion, I you said married. I guess in your grandma's situation, it would have to be her and her kids. The next of kin would have to have that discussion with her. And which way would that discussion be valid? What if my grandma says, I don't really care what you think, I'm leaving. Or what if my grandma, here's the other one that happens. What if my grandma said, I want the medication, I want the surgery, I want to live to be 110, and all of the family's going, this is really hard taking care of you. You have no life. You're not doing anything. You lay in bed all day. This is kind of bullshit, you know? We don't feel like we should be prolonging your life because it sucks. Everyone would go along with my grandmother on the outside looking in, you know, surveying a hundred people. They'd say, let her live. It's her choice. It's her life. But if she flips it around and says, I don't want to be here. There's a lot of people that don't go along with that decision. No, you can't just choose to die. Like you said, it's religion. That can be one. It's just you can't die. Well, why not? You were let you 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 allowed me the the decision to live when I said I w- I wanted to live. Everybody was for me. When I make the decision, I'd like it just to run its course. I'd like to die. You know, uh, no, no. You guys aren't all for me. So are you guys for decisions making or not? I oh, okay. Sitting here discussing this and then bringing up all those feelings and yeah. and having me cry and everything. Um. I think it is a personal choice at that point, but I still think I personally would have a discussion with you. I'm not going to be selfish and just go, well, it's going to happen. I would probably come to you and go, listen, this is how I'm feeling and lay it all out there and go, I want your support. 
you know, but this is how I'm feeling. Well, then let's go back to your case. Exactly. Relive that moment. The doctor said, we were in that office. Yes. And the doctor said, you've got uh, leukemia, AML, and you have three months to live. You will not be here at Christmas time or New yes. Year's with your family. That is correct. I didn't say anything. I didn't say, well, excuse us, doctor. Let's have a discussion between man and wife. No, you didn't. I sat there with my mouth shut because I was smart enough at that moment to know the first decision on this is yours. If you want to turn to me and go, I don't want to live, I don't want to fight, then I would request the discussion. <laughs> I'd right, say, see? I'd like the marital discussion. But at that time, you said well, I, you wanted to fight. I asked him, you know, how, first of all, how do we fix this? That's and right. And he explained, and I said, okay, I choose to fight. Right. And, and, I, and, and it was quick. And it because I didn't, because I wasn't disagreeing with you, I didn't ask for that marital discussion. Right. I was just like, okay, that's what I want to. So let's, let's don't discuss it. Let's just go. I didn't distract you at all. No. And as soon as that decision was made, we just went forward with it. I never changed my mind. Nope. You didn't. You were game on. In fact, I want to tell you, I, on being on this planet 55 years, I have seen a lot of people die from a lot of things, young and old. I have never seen anybody fight with such determination as you did. Absolutely the most inspiring thing I've ever seen. Everything that every corner we, and we had obstacles that came up. <laughs> we had problems that came up with your treatment and you just said, then give me what's next. What do I got to do next? Give it to me. And you did it. Mm -hmm. You absolutely fought all the way to the very end. And I know everybody wants to hear the leukemia podcast. We keep promising that we'll do the whole thing, but I will tell you guys this one thing. Uh, she died in my arms, she coded, her heart stopped, and the, a team of people brought her back, barely. I mean, hanging on by a thread. And there was miracle after miracle, doctors shaking their head going, I have no idea why she's still here, this shouldn't have even happened, and here you are. And it was that mindset. You were ready to go. There was no marital discussion like, well, should we do this? Should we do that? You went. You fought as hard as you could. <laughs> I was hanging I on to your... my body went. I was hanging on to your coattails just to keep up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were, so that brings up a question okay. about um, the paperwork of advanced healthcare, where oh. you sign over, you sign over your healthcare to somebody. Wow. When they can't make decisions. So now what do you do? Wow, 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 wow. Oh, I, you, first of all, you are the only person I would trust to make those decisions. Um, again, we didn't really talk about this ahead of time, so I'm kind of shooting from the hip here. But, but it I just came to mind I, about that because I'm with you. we signed that paperwork when I found out I was sick that yeah. weekend. I, uh, I signed over my health care to you if I couldn't make that decision. Yeah, we had several power of attorneys that we shifted to, to make sure things went smoothly if there was a big problem. I would say shooting from the hip right now, first of all, you're the, you were in that situation. Yes. You had the choice to make, let, make me live, uh, let me live or die. Uh, yeah, and they pressured me to let, let you go. go. I mean, when the, they had to call the police to the hospital, to, they were gonna they were gonna escort me off the premises. I had Doctor McDreamy on the phone with me. I had our second oldest son standing in the room with me, 
and the the head nurse lady in charge of the critical care unit came to me and said, we can't fix this anymore. We're using everything we can to keep her alive. Give her the morphine. Let her go. Bring your children down here. Let them say goodbye. Let her go. Then two doctors came in and said the same thing. And I was trying to process what was going on. And I kept saying, let me think, let me think, leave me alone. And they kept finding me in the hallway, finding me in the waiting room, finding me at your side and kept pressuring, let her go. Let's just get this done, sign the paper. And I snapped out. I literally started screaming. I told that last doctor, I said, if you tell me one more time, and, th- and I think I, I traumatized our son with this when he was standing there, and he'll, 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 he'll recount the entire story. I told that doctor, I said, I swear to God, if you tell me to let my wife go one more time, I am going to rip your arms off, and I'm going to beat you with them. Don't. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm done. And they called the cops and the cops came in and took me to the side and said, did you threaten these nurses? Did you threaten these doctors? And I said, every fucking one of them. And they're like, well, we're going to have to take you, take you in. I said, they're trying to tell me to kill my wife. I just want to be left alone so I can process this. I got to think about what to do here. I want to know how we can save her, how we can fix it, what we can do. And all they keep telling me is pull the plug. And they've been doing it for 30 minutes and I'm pissed. I'm angry. I, the next guy who comes up and tells me, just pull the plug on your wife, I'm going to fucking kill them. So tell them. You know those cops that they walked out there and said, if you guys don't leave this guy alone, you know we're going we're, we're gonna to stand here while he beats the shit out of you. His <laughs> wife is dying. These, these two officers. That's awesome. One black guy, one white guy, and they were young men in their 30s, and they flat out couldn't believe. They, they went and asked the doctors, Are you, is this the advice you're giving him? Like, well, it's the best thing. And they're like, leave this guy alone. What is wrong with you? But you're right. We did have that decision to make. I had that decision to yeah. make. You were unconscious. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So now you are forced to make the decision to pull the plug, to do the Kevorkian practically. I, there was no way I was going to pull the plug on you until I gave you every shot for recovery. And then if you were in recovery and you were coherent and you were conscious, and then I could say, I got you to here. Do you want to keep going? I, I, there's no way I would do that to you without you, you having, I needed to bring you back. So we, the, the very discussion that I keep trying to telling you that I'm, I want to avoid. Now I find myself admitting that I, that's all I wanted. Yeah, see? The, <laughs> so how do you feel about healthcare directives? Do you well, think they're then, good or bad? Well, let's, let me go back to, to me. I, if, if I had to sign one right now for you to, for myself, I mean, um, there's nobody I would trust other than you. And the only rule or, or courtesy that I would ask you to extend to me is make whatever choice you want about me living or dying. Please don't make me live in pain. Yes. That's, that's the only thing I would say. If you think you want to bring me back, cause there's a pretty good chance we could do this stuff. Sign the books. Let's go. If they tell you there's no way, then give me a kiss on my forehead and wave goodbye. Got it. Uh-huh. I just don't want to live in, in excruciating pain the rest of my life. Cause so if I signed that over to you, that would be my one request. Make a decision based on how hard this is going to be, uh, how much it's going to hurt. So you just answered your question that we started this whole discussion on, which is, which is that you would want me to, to, you would want to go. <sighs> I guess, um, 
I don't know. Now I don't know because I would say, yeah, leave me alone if I'm if I'm hurting. But then I have to, you know, if I was if a doctor said you we can fix you, but it's going to hurt like a motherfucker and you're going to be in pain for years. <laughs> and I said, well, then I'm leaving. Do you realize the guilt I would have looking at you because you did it? <laughs> you're like, hold on, asshole. I went through all the pain. I'm still going through pain. I stuck it out and I'm here. You've been given the same set of circumstances yeah. and you're leaving. All right, now now I don't now I don't know where I'm at from the. But from how do you feel about the healthcare directives? Do you think uh, those are a good thing or a bad thing? Well, they have to be a good thing because if you didn't have one, then who's in charge? The doctor? Yeah. No, family members got to choose that. A wife, a husband, a, a a father, a son, a mother, a daughter. That has to be the choice. You cannot. You have to have a healthcare directive that 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 puts a family member with the decision you cannot leave that to the doctors no possible way i was given that decision with my mom i was her healthcare person right that was a tough decision well but you made the right one i think i did make the right one you walked her through we we wouldn't even have enough time for you to tell that story but basically you walked her to the gates of heaven and she was comfortable and she was at peace and she settled all of her affairs Yep. And that couldn't have ended her her passing could not have ended better if you wrote it down. I agree. That you really did a good job there. I agree. So I've been in that position where I was the healthcare directive was with my name on it to make that decision. So let's go back to the beginning. Do I so after all this discussion, do I need to get my procedure done tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> According to me, yes, but ultimately it is your choice. Yeah. Here, I'll do that. I'll do the the woke move right now. Your body, your choice. <laughs> Isn't that what they're saying? Yeah, until it's a vaccine, then all of a sudden it's not my body, my choice. Then it's Isn't the, that interesting? Then it's do what we tell you. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, this discussion can go on and on. I mean, some I'm people going are going to agree with us, some people aren't, some are going to be like there's and lots of people have a story too. They're talking, we're talking and they're going, I've been through part yeah. of this. Yeah. It's a tough thing, but I just, All right. I couldn't take my own life. I'm going I to go do, do the procedure tomorrow only because if I don't, you would be the most miserable bitch to live with <laughs> ever. You'd be eyeballing me across the room. <laughs> but I think you can be with, every day. I think with the platform that you have, you're you're an advocate for this. Also, I think there are people um, looking at you as an example to see that even though you don't want to do it, you're still going to go do it. But, and then you're going to come out and talk about it. And yeah. then you might convince other people to go do it. But you know, this isn't just one thing. This is just one tomorrow. I've got like five of these I got to go through, you especially the heart two. guy. Shut no, up. what about the heart guy? <sighs> the heart guy wants to put me in that machine and then... You don't know that yet. He told me that last time I was there. Well, this is a different service. Don't, you're starting it's to the put same doctor. You only have two right now. He, two right now. He wanted to do the... Uh, what's that thing where they put the tube into your veins and your heart and check stuff? It was either stuff. a shunt or and an then angioplasty. They, yeah, they they he goes. It's a thing that enlarges your the the. Well, you know what? We're not there right. The now. blood or the vein or something, so it opens up. Angioplasty. Yeah, that's you're the one. not there. We we're not worrying about that. Fix. Let's fix one thing at a time. So we need to find out what's going on intestinal wise. I or know. Whatever. So let's. 
one procedure at a time. Go one tomorrow. I don't want to do the other one where the camera goes up the other way. You're not even going to feel it. I don't want to even be part of that. I don't. Okay, th- that's next week's podcast. I don't. I don't want to do that one. We'll talk about that next week's podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't mind tomorrow's. I can deal with tomorrow's. I even want to be awake. I don't care. I know you said they're going to make. What do you call it? Twilight. Yeah, you're going to be kind of dopey and kind of weird. And oh, I'm going to film it. Oh, fuck me. Oh, yes. I'm going to film that. Can we sign something where you're not allowed to ask me questions? Because there's questions you could ask that I don't want to answer. We'll see. Stay tuned, people. Okay. It's almost not funny that you're Gen X dad will be in (laughs) twilight tomorrow afternoon. Secrets will unfold. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Now I don't want to go to this one, but for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. There's a sign up says no, no video surveillance equipment in the room. Not allowed. Sorry. That's fine. We could do it in the car on the way home. Ah, shit. I have to drive you home. <laughs> well, um, that'll I'm, be fun. I'm not sure if we solved any problems we didn't. here. We didn't come to a conclusion on anything. No, not directives, not on the Kevorkian law, not on. Sometimes you want to let people make their decisions. Sometimes it's a discussion. I started off this podcast saying no discussion, do what you want. I can do what I want. I even gave the example I know, of you. I changed your mind. Of you. I gave you the freedom to make your decision when you were diagnosed. I didn't ask for a discussion. I didn't ask for this husbandly, wifely thing. And then by the end of it, I've changed my mind. I told you. Healthcare directive is a whole nother world when it comes to it. Well, what the hell? Because most of the time, a healthcare directive is your spouse. Yeah. But then it comes the time when, like my mom's situation was my mom, she had to choose one of us kids. Yeah. So, you know, that's well, that's still a discussion. My mom and dad had to discuss their healthcare directive. Yes, right. Then my mom had to discuss it with us, the right. kids. So there is a discussion. When it comes to the healthcare directive, there is. There's always, and the, well, there's the, even what we were talking about. There's forget bringing up the healthcare directive every every ten seconds. We started this conversation by saying taking care of people that were ill. Right, but the healthcare directive asks those questions that you were just saying. Well, that for, like when for it making gets to dis- a certain point, you know. There, there's dis, there's choices you can make with the healthcare directive, but none of them in the healthcare directive say who's going to who's going am I going to live with, who's going to give me my aspirin in the morning, who's going to wipe my ass when true. I can't do it. Okay, we're talking the, the whole thing was talking about family living with family, and what is the obligation if I'm like I don't want you guys wiping my ass anymore, I want to just go. And nothing to do with healthcare directive. That's a good. That's a great thing over here, but basically, it's what do we do. When someone is 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 not doing well and wants to check out, and my premise was, you and the kids and and everybody listening to this program right now seems to be fine with it when someone's ninety, yeah, but not okay when they're fifty five. Now you guys have a whole perfect set of circumstances. The circumstances are identical, but if someone's ninety, you guys give them a pass. When they're fifty five and have kids, you guys are pretty hard on those people. Yeah, but like I said, at 45, I had the idea that, okay, if at 45, that was it, then it was that was your choice. Exactly. When I tell you I want the choice, you guys say, no, you have kids, you have responsibilities. Tough it out, big boy. I'm just saying everybody gets a different vibe because of age. 
Right. 90-year-olds have kids, too. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh. It's a tough, tough thing, a tough topic. Do you realize no one is going to want to show up and see us in person at Reno or a car show because they don't want to watch us argue about healthcare directives? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be down. I should tell everybody we're going to be down in Southern California at the Route 66 car show out in Fontana. And there's going to be a booth there and two bear who runs the, runs the car dealership there and has invited us. He's going to be like, okay, you two need to shut up. <laughs> quit talking about dying. Quit talking about healthcare. Could you please turn and face everybody and, you know, take some pictures, shake some hands. What, what the hell <laughs> what's going on? Cause we get, you and I get caught up in these things and we, we go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's a tough topic. It is. It's very hard to do. I'm going to wait till there's 50 people standing around and go, who wants to talk about healthcare directives? I guess that's what I want. <laughs> people that are listening, if they've listened this whole podcast is, you can see just by the two of us, this is a very tough topic. And if you're going through it right now, you're not alone. I mean, yeah. I think everybody struggles with this decision and, and what about the people that are listening that are taking care of people? Yeah, it's a tough this, situation. It, they're doing it. They're working a job. They're taking yeah. care of their own kids. They're taking care of their parents. Healthcare directives aside, they're they're in the position of I'm trying and I don't I don't want to force my mother to make a choice either way. But it's really hard on me. It's really yeah. hard on her. What do we do? No, I got it. You guys keep fighting out there. Keep looking for answers to your questions and guidance. And yeah, I agree. I mean, you just got to take it day by day and decide. I've been on all sides of that discussion. So you have more than I, I've been through some, but not like you have I well. even taken care of a loved one till the end. So, all right. So, um, we need to go. We got to go. We got, I've been informed we're getting bunnies today. Can you believe that? <laughs> Do you remember when we did that live stream and I said, you, I said, where do you keep a bunny? And everybody wrote in the comment section, a bunny hutch. And I go, you guys are making and that up. And what did you buy yesterday? You're making up and the term you buy bunny hutch. There's no such thing as a bunny hutch. And what did you buy yesterday? A bunny hutch. Okay. I didn't think there was something. I thought they were making that up. I, thought, I told you there was a bunny hutch. Well, you're kind of full of shit all the time, so I don't really listen. But when the when the listeners kept putting in the comment section, Bunny Hutch, I finally said, you guys are making this up. You're full of shit. But we're not just getting bunnies today. No, yeah, you're getting the rest of your chicken hoard. Yes, we're getting baby chicken. Are you sure? I'm just asking. Don't be mad. Are you sure we're not getting too many chickens? Are we going to be okay? We'll be fine. You're sure? We're not getting 20 people, okay? No. We're getting like six. We're getting probably eight, and you've probably already got eight. eight. So now we got 16, which is Sounds pretty good. close to 20. <laughs> like, That's like gold right you now. Tell the audience, eggs. You tell the audience we're not getting 20. But if you add up the chickens we have and the ones we're getting, now we're getting close to 20. <laughs> That's you, a gold mine right Do you right think there. that we're all men and stupid and we can't figure out what you guys are you doing? You know what's really funny about? Let's just have a discussion about baby chicks. I let, with, every, with all this stuff of a shortage <clears throat> of eggs, yeah. I was having a discussion with the feed and tack lady that... I know here in town. Gosh, she is smart. Local too. lady. Yeah. And we were laughing because she says a lot of people have come in for baby chicks. And I said, um, they do know it's going to take quite a few months before yeah. they lay eggs. Right. And she kind of chuckled. Well, and she goes, well, I've been telling them that. So if you, you know, if they're kind of, you left out part of the story is that people, eggs are so expensive and hard to come by. Right. People ran out to buy baby chicks so they could get eggs. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> 
and I, we were just laughing about that discussion. So I have some older uh, ladies that are laying right now, yeah. and I'm getting about three eggs a day, roughly. So, and we get more than that good. as it warms up. You'll get more than that. Yeah, they'll all lay. Yeah, they'll all start laying, but it's starting to warm up, so they are. And then, so these baby chicks are going to come around, and this will be the next <laughs> round of city eggs, folk so. is going to be staring at the chicks, going, "When are they laying eggs?" Exactly, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> So. Well, I don't mind um, the bunny hutch. I think it was smart. I, I was going to have to build that stand, and you found our old fish stand. Yes. Um, big, a big fish stand with a big... It's sturdy. Yeah. It, it held a 40-gallon fish tank. Yeah, oh. or more. Yeah, it was... A That's pretty heavy. It was big. So, yeah, it, it'll work. So, we can put that in the garden area, um, put the bunny hutch on it, and yes. then we got to stay. It's good. I think it's going to be, it'll work out well. I think so too. I think it'll be worth it. So I, needless to say, you'll have to tune in later for, to find out what happens. Yeah. I almost, I almost was going to try to avoid that. Cause I know you're going to, you're going to pull the Ozzy Osbourne thing on me. You know, you're going to tell this. What? Well, remember Ozzy Osbourne? He goes, I'm not playing the Albu city of Cookie. Albuquerque. I'm not playing Albuquerque. And and his wife Sharon Osbourne. Yes, you're you playing will. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. And he's yelling across the house. No, I'm not. Mick Jagger doesn't have to play Albuquerque. Uh, I don't have to. The Beatles didn't play Albuquerque. I'm not playing Albuquerque. And his wife yelling back, "You are too." And then she looks at the camera. He's playing Albuquerque. I said so. <laughs> then it, the next frame, it clicks to him on stage with a microphone and a cheering crowd. Hello, Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So I thought that was going to be our bunny discussion of we went to the feed place and I'm like, and remember our, our daughter's there, our granddaughter's there, you're there. All of you are holding all these goddamn bunnies. And I'm like, we're not getting bunnies. And you said, we're getting a bunny. We're not getting bunnies. We're getting a bunny. We're not getting bunnies. And it clicks to, to me building this bunny yeah. going, exactly. we got bunnies. And we have bunnies now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, so I found out. Wait, let me tell them what I found out. Yeah. Being, I, mean, I did not know. And people will maybe agree that are more farm friendly than me. Yeah. That rabbits and chickens can cohabitate. That together. cannot be true. I was so shocked when my lady told me that they can just now. She did say you can't just throw new bunnies in with old chickens. No, but I'm just talking about. Yeah. In general, they I, can cohabitate I, that can't, together. That, I've never seen that anywhere. Why? I, and then I know like ducks and chickens can. They're foul. But they're that's birds. birds. That, that yeah, makes but more I didn't sense. think rabbits, but then I guess they stay away from each other, I'm assuming. They're just so different. It would be like they wouldn't even want to have anything to do with each other. But then I was thinking on the scheme of things on a farm, think about just a farm. You have goats and chickens and, and pigs. bunnies and yeah, pigs and they're all open yeah, if but, they're all free ranging. But on a farm, there's clicks. Like high school on a farm, there's bunnies <laughs> we got hanging the chicken out. Click. Yeah, we got the bunny click, and the cows hang out in the corner. It's clicks like high school on a farm. You can't do that in a city when they're all in a, in a cage, more or less. Well, we'll see what happens. More stories to come. <laughs> so I'm kind of losing my garden and making a farm is what's happening. Well, that, here's what bothers me: is I had plans to rebuild your garden, make it really fantastic, and now you're telling me you can't grow anything because you let your chickens out of the of their big they have a big apartment. They yes. have a big thing. It's you, like their bird cage. You can walk in it. The one I built you for yes. your chicken, you can walk inside. That's how big it is. Yeah. But it's a you, pretty luxurious. Uh, yeah. But you let them out and now you're telling me you can't grow anything because whatever you grow, they're going to eat. 
Yes, and I have to be careful of what I grow because some of it is poisonous for the animals. So, so I would have to, or you would have to, divide it out where, like one of those planters would just be... Do you know planters. what a Quonson hut is from like World War II? The, it's like a, a, a building that's got a round... It's, there's really no, no square sides to it. It's, the whole thing is round. Like a greenhouse? Um, yeah, like a greenhouse. Yeah, what about it's, it? It's like a, it's curved. The whole thing is curved. Mm-hmm. What if we had a prefabbed wire, a hard wire, like a dome that would fit a long one that would fit over each raised planter you have? Big enough squares where you could do stuff through it or we could just lift it off and you could guard and set it back on, but it would keep the chickens out. Could you do something like, like that and still let them out in your garden area? Yes, that's something we can talk about. We used to do that at work the work where I was. I'm just, I would be really upset this year. You've had this garden for so many years and it's, I love watching stuff grow out there and what you're so happy with all the things you grow. And now we have to give it up because we got chickens. (laughs) Yeah. And I have a funny story to tell you. I had this beautiful, uh, half barrel, uh, planter of thyme, of the herb thyme. Right. And the chickens ate it all. They love thyme. Right. So I was out there and I noticed that it's starting to, I'm going to say bud, but yeah. turning gr- turning green. Sure. Oh, as soon as the chickens see that, they're going to be like, <laughs> all right, here we go again. So. Well, and I just, I think it would ruin the aesthetic of the garden if we had to cover everything you're growing with some sort of mesh, but. But I'm, will, I'm willing to give up like two of the planters or one planter to the chickens because they use them for a uh, dirt bath. So yeah. I'm okay with that. But oh, they have cleaned. They have weeded that garden better than thing. anybody I've ever seen. There isn't one shred of, of anything growing no in there. No, no they cleaned They're it all awesome. out. They kept it clean all summer. I mean, all winter. winter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, it's, it's, it's something that we have to go out there when it warms up and, and decide what we're going to do with it. You know, that trippy pineapple on staff here sent me a picture this morning and it was a picture of his desk at work. He's got a cup of coffee and a donut. He goes and is tapping his fingers going, waiting for the podcast. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> we better end this now. Trippy's oh, waiting and, and so I'm sure Two Bear is oh, too. Oh, Two Bear and his chief financial officer is sitting in there going, in their Thursday office. Thursday morning has been interrupted. That's right. You're ruining our routine, man. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, I think I'm done for today. I'm sorry for tearing up and crying. That's a really tough uh, subject. I'm sorry for making you cry. I had no idea you were going to get emotional. We were just talking. It's okay. It is an emotional subject. I know. And you tie it into where I may be going and then you get all really upset because you've lived through it. Anyways, you guys have a wonderful week ahead of you. Um, Share your smile with somebody because they just may need it because you got to remember everybody's got something going on. Don't that the goddamn truth. All right. You say goodbye. She's done. She's gone. Um, it's just me that you guys already know the streetlights are on and I got to go. I will, uh, I will edit this real quick. I'll put the, the intro music in and out and then we'll post it right away. We'll get a, we'll get a picture up there for you and we'll put it out everywhere. I will do all this before we go to get the chickens and the bunnies. And, um, I will give you guys pictures. If you're part of Patreon, 
or you're part of the General's Lunchbox on Facebook, or if you're part of the membership community in YouTube, you guys will get to see, all the subscribers will get to see all the stuff we're talking about, the garden, the chickens, the bunnies, my granddaughter, the whole thing. We'll put all that stuff up there for you. It is, it costs a dollar, it costs 99 cents to join to see that, but the money goes towards the kid for his car and his projects and stuff, so it's not a bad thing. And what's what's 12 bucks a year? If it's a dollar a month, what's 12 bucks a year? You can help the kid out. Thank you guys for doing that. So anyway, if you guys want to see what's going on and get updated, if you guys want to scroll backwards and see all the stuff that we've been doing, go to the kid's website, genxtalks.com. That's where you can link yourself to everything. Some of you are Facebook people. Some of you are YouTube people. We got you. We got a little place for you everywhere. Listen, I got to go. I got to go. I got to get out of here. I got the, everyone's, the, all the girls over here are staring at me, tapping their wristwatch going, get off the air. So I need to sign off. Thank you guys for listening, wherever you're listening from, uh, around the planet on the Armed Service Radio Network, uh, AM, FM, or Sirius XM. Remember that today's podcast was brought to you by Loud Trouble LLC, Big coast-to-coast event movers these guys move like anaheim stadium type stuff they don't they're not moving your house they're not moving your sofa uh loud trouble llc moves the heavy gear don't forget about those guys they're cool cats they help sponsor the program which means they give me free coffee and donuts with every time we flip the microphone switch on all right i gotta go thank you guys for hanging out and we'll catch you guys on the flip side